Broken Bulbs is a proud member of the Create Fine and is produced by Mecco Radio. So I started reading that Lake Geneva, where, where the race was going to be, had been at a warmer temperature than normal that summer. So it was at 22 and a half degrees Celsius. And the triathlon rules state that if the water gets beyond 22.2 or something like that, nobody can wear wetsuits. And it was like 22.4, it was like right to the decimal point, right on the edge. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I can't swim without a wetsuit. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined once again by Mark Ryle. Now, if you like Mark and you want to hear more from him, make sure you check out episodes 87 and 118 of Broken Bulbs. He's taught economics and mathematics for a combined total of 22 years. He competes in triathlons and even represented Canada in the 2019 World Age Group Championships in Switzerland. That's pretty cool. The new speculative fiction Age Decoded is his first book, but he'd also failed to complete the swimming portion of a triathlon. That's coming up after the break. Hey guys, real quick before we get into today's show, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening and thank you for all the ways that you offer support, whether it's through reviews or sharing it with a friend or family member who you think would get something out of this episode. If you want to find more ways to support us, you can go to mechoradio.com slash support. That's M-E-C-H-O radio.com slash support. Again, that's mechoradio.com slash support. And with that, let's get on to today's show. Mark Ryle, ready to talk about another one of your broken bulbs? Indeed I am, Alex. Fantastic. So let's talk about you getting into a triathlon as an older man. You didn't do this as a kid or anything. So how how the heck did you get started? Yeah, it was a crazy journey. It started with my daughter who had this urge to run and she started running when she was about eight years old. So she said, dad, I'm heading around the block and can you time me? And I'm like, Whoa, why do you want to run? You're a kid, right? And so she had this within her to run. Now I got to admit, I was a high school cross country runner. So maybe there's some genetic, uh, effects here but uh so off she went running and i had to go with her because you can't send an eight-year-old out uh, on their own uh, running around the streets right so i run with her put my shoes on and i remember when we started it was a easy run for me and I, she was huffing and puffing a tough run for her it's just an eight-year-old four years now now she's 12 she's a very talented runner she was winning pretty well all the races she was in uh, she won the toronto uh cross-country championships of all the Toronto schools. She won that at uh, Centennial Park. And uh, when I ran with her then, I was the one doing the huff and puffing, and she was <laughs> she found it easy. So it, within about four years, I found out that she was a very good runner, but it also was good for me because it, it got me starting uh, running when I was in my 40s. I guess it progressed from there. I, I started doing some competing myself. There was a fellow at school who was a phys ed teacher and he was in the triathlons. He said to me one day, Mark, don't just run. That's so linear. Why don't you try some, try branching out, try some, uh, try triathloning. Uh, and I said, Chris, have you seen me swim? I can't <laughs> swim, Chris. And biking too was pretty foreign to me. The idea of getting on a fancy bike and it just didn't make sense. Chris said, no, Mark, you got to try it. 
it's better for you. It mixes up all the forces on your body. You won't get it injured as easily. Uh, you'll start learning how to float instead of just pounding your knees against the pavement all the time. Then you, you get into it. And of course, usually people don't end up competing when, you know, when they get into a hobby later on, right? I, I like cycling. I never plan to take it far though, right? And so tell me about that experience of like really getting headlong into it and where that led. Yeah, I should explain to your listeners that everything is age group uh, competition. So if you go into a, a race, a triathlon race, they'll have categories usually with five-year spreads to them. So like I was started off in the 50 to 55-year-old category. So, so um, uh, you know, that, that sort of makes it fair and it also makes it more competitive. So I found I was starting to get on the podium in some of these races for my age category. And my friend Chris said, let's train for the uh, world championships. Canada has a team and they pick 10 people in each age group to head over to Europe or wherever it is and, and, and to compete for Canada. And he said, I hear it's great. So let's, what do you want to try it with me? And I said, yeah, let's give it a go. So that's, then we started training for that. That is super cool. T walk me through the training process a little bit, all the effort that you went through for it. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, my Achilles heel was, uh, was swimming. So, and I did a very stupid thing. What I did is I, because I'm not a very good swimmer, I started learning this. I started making a habit to swim with a wetsuit on. Wetsuits make you more buoyant in the water and they, they sort of disguise your weaknesses. So I got to the point where I could survive a swim. And in these triathlons, you got to go about a, a mile, 1500 meters for the swim for my distance. And, and I could make it through. I could get through relatively comfortable, stay horizontal in water, not sort of go down and start sinking. That, that was sort of disguising a weakness. I put in that little plug. The one weakness was my swimming, and I was disguising it with a Band-Aid known as a wetsuit. <laughs> okay, so you, you put this Band-Aid over your weakness. Walk us through the process of actually going to these championships and, and going to this triathlon. Uh, what happened? So we I did qualify. I qualified in Montreal for the World Championships. The, you qualify the year before. So I qualified when I was 59 years old to be in the 60 to 65 age group because they, they look at how old are you going to be next year when the championships on. There was a little thing out of my back of my mind about the swim. What happened is I started reading that um, Lake Geneva, where, where the race was going to be, had been at a warmer temperature than normal that summer. So it was at 22 and a half degrees Celsius. And the triathlon rules state that if the water gets beyond 22.2 or something like that, nobody can wear wetsuits because you will overheat. I was, I was nervously looking at the temperature. They, they publish the water temperatures uh, every day. And it was like 22.4. It was like right to the decimal point, right on the edge. And I'm thinking, oh my God. I can't swim without a wetsuit. And so I told my buddy Chris, and we went out a couple of days before in the water, and he's trying to show me how to swim without a wetsuit. And I'm just sinking. Like, I'm just pathetic. I can't even go 100 yards. I got to go 1,500 meters. The day of the race, no wetsuits allowed. <laughs> and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to do dog paddle. I'm going to do breaststroke. I'm going to swim underwater. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to this, get through this 1500 meters, but I know I can't swim it. And I made it about 700 meters. So almost halfway, I was out in the open water and I just was completely exhausted. Uh, so I, I had to quit. I had put my hand up. They have rescue boats there. I 
waved my hand and said, come and get me. <laughs> and I remember they put one of those uh, silver uh, metal covers over me, like, you know, to keep you warm, took me back. And I, my wife was out um, waiting for me. She had come on the trip to cheer us all on and, and experience Switzerland. And she was at the finish of the swim waiting at the dock. And she was worrying because she didn't see me. And like most of the swimmers had come in and where was, where was Mark? And what I did is that when I had this suit on, they took me out of the water. I went back to where she was. I snuck up behind her and I tapped her on the shoulder. I said, how's he doing <laughs> after a two year uh, qualification buildup? I never even made it through the, the swim and got on the bike, even though I found my bike. That was it. Wow. Two years of preparation only for there to be no wetsuits allowed, no band-aids. By, by about 0.2 degrees Celsius. Looking back on it now, I guess, what have you changed since then? Or what would you have done differently? Or what would you recommend to people maybe going through a similar process? Well, obviously, I wasn't prepared well enough, right? I, I was hiding this weakness, covering it up, and I wasn't prepared for the scenario that there would be no wetsuits. I had done about 20 triathlons up to that point in Ontario and uh, British, uh, sorry, uh, Montreal, and, uh, uh, and I had never been in one where they canceled the, the wetsuits. They didn't allow wetsuits, so I never imagined it could happen, but I should have known. I should have known even a month or two before that that Lake Geneva was was going to be an issue. And uh, I just I was hoping and praying too much and just not preparing enough. I would say so. What I've done since is um, I've uh, hooked up with a swimming coach, and the first thing he did is he said, "Throw away the wetsuit. No floaters. No nothing. You're just jumping in the water, and you're going to learn how to swim." And I think I could make it through without a wetsuit now, even. And, I'll, and I still have about a year to learn how to swim even better. I like it. I like that. That lesson of getting prepared and and kind of uh, <laughs> don't put Band-Aids on things. Just get get better, maybe, uh, and, and work on those areas where you're lacking. I like that. And, of course, at the end of every episode, I'd like to let you brag a little bit, let you tell us about what else you're working on, because you're not just a triathlete, you're also an author. So tell us about your book and where we can find it and connect with you. So genetic engineering is a, a huge topic right now. And I've written a book, sort of looking about 100 years into the future. Uh, it's speculative fiction, science fiction, but speculative. So it's almost like just trying to forecast like a futurist. What are they going to do with uh, CRISPR genetic engineering? Uh, there's going to be some amazing things that will happen, some very positive things like potentially curing cystic fibrosis and sickle cell anemia and blindness. There's, there's so many potential applications here, but there are also some you know, as with any technologies, there's some uh, things that humanity is going to have to uh, be wary of with this new technology. And uh, so I throw in a few uh, Pandora boxes in, in my novel. And so the novel is called Age Decoded. There's a hyphen in there, so it's uh, age hyphen decoded. It's, uh, it's available on uh, retailers such as Amazon and Apple. So if you just type in that, the novel Age Decoded, then whatever retailer, Indigo, Apple, Kobo, um, or Amazon, <clears throat> you'll see the book there. Uh, yeah, so that's, I, I just published that book, so I'm pretty excited about it. And uh, now I'm going to think about writing a sequel. 
Fantastic. I'm going to have links to all of that down in the show notes and anything else you want to throw out. Uh, and with that, I just want to say thank you once again for joining me. Yeah, and thank you so much, Alex. You got a you got a great show here. I love the I love the theme, Broken Balls. Thank you. Great job. And thank you for listening. Don't cover up your weaknesses with band-aids, because when the tests really do come, you're going to need as much ability as possible. What weaknesses are you covering up with band-aids? Special thank you to Mark Rao for joining me and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out his work, including his book, Age Decoded. I've left links to it in the show notes. And if you enjoyed Mark, make sure you check out episodes 87 and 118 of Broken Bulbs as well, where he featured and told more of his Broken Bulbs. And if you want to support Broken Bulbs and the rest of the work I do, please visit mechoradio.com slash support. That's M-E-C-H-O radio.com slash support. Or just click the first link in the show notes. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Create Fine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gefsison, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.